Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. This is John Fuller along with Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin Smalley. And you know, outward anger toward our spouse is usually an indicator that something is wrong inside us. And that's an ouch moment. That truth hurts. Um, It seems like when I get agitated or irritated or I snap at Dina, my wife, it usually, upon reflection, is because I'm mad about something else or I'm unsettled about something else or I'm feeling kind of inadequate or inept in the relationship. We're going to hear more from Pastor Ted Cunningham today. He spoke to Jim Daly and me about how to let go of the anger that we all feel sometimes in our marriage. The scripture talks a lot about anger, and it says in some ways people would interpret it to say it's okay to be angry. Just don't let the sun go down on your anger. Uh, Deconstruct that scripture for us. What is that Mm -hmm. really getting at? Is it okay for me as a spouse, as a husband, to be mad throughout the day as long as I say I'm sorry at night? Yeah, I (laughs) I don't think the issue is anger. I think the issue is unresolved anger. Know why you're getting angry, what you're getting angry for. So I get angry as we should over injustice. Like if we see an injustice, we want to do something about it or we want someone to do something about it. We want it to be resolved. It's the anger from events and circumstances and broken relationships and hurts and and pain throughout life that we never resolve, that we we leave boxed up or in the suitcase, never unpacking it, never understanding why am I still angry at this? 10 years later, and I believe had I not had the help and the support of Gary Smalley throughout that time, I would probably still be leading today out of a lot of that. Because what happens with anger, when someone desires to start unpacking it for you, like maybe in a new marriage or in a new job or in a new church, when someone starts to help you unpack that, that's when you get stronger and you can get even more angry because I don't want you going there. That's not your place to go there. Do not help me unpack that. So the reason we use the term personal responsibility is I want to be the one that unpacks it. I want to unpack it with safe people. I want to unpack it with this is why I feel this way. This is what leads to the anger. But as far as getting angry at events in life, I don't believe we need to camp there. We need to camp with the unresolved anger to always allow something to make you angry and to never ask the right questions or to deal with it. That's the bigger issue. And so I think that's the emphasis of the text, to not let the sun go down on that anger. You know, in our home, and I forgot who taught us this, but it was like, you know, declare one of the lamps in your home the sun. And let's work through this until this sun goes down. You know, we've heard the joke before, but the whole idea of what happens if we're fighting when the sun goes down, does this mean we have 24 more hours to let the sun go down again? (laughs) No. The emphasis there is working through it and resolving it. That's the metaphor. I mean, I think that is a place where it's not literal. It's the metaphor of resolve the unresolved anger. Uh, Ted, let's talk about that because there are wives and probably some husbands who are struggling. When you've encountered a couple and you've coached them out of your own personal experience, you and Amy, and they don't seem to get it, what typically is the hindrance when you're talking to them about how to stop drinking the poison of anger and how to look at the primary uh, drivers of what is going on in your behavior that leads you to anger? When you've counseled and talked to this couple over months, perhaps even years now, and they come to you and, and Bob is still doing it. Mm. And I don't know what to do 
Pastor Ted. Yeah. Bob's still going there. We've been at it a year now. Yeah. I'm running out of patience. Yeah. What do I do? I love the word picture of the love jug because to me, when I see a husband and a wife connected to one another as the source of life and there's toxicity in their soul and they're giving one another the overflow of toxicity, someone needs to break that. So this would be Greg Smalley's analogy of just and, and again, people argue with this, but I, I get it. So process this before you reject it outright. It oftentimes only takes one spouse to turn a marriage around mm-hmm. because it's the first spouse that says, I am going to disconnect from my husband or I'm going to disconnect from my wife as the source of life. And I'm going to plug into the true and only source of life. Jesus is the source of life, not my spouse. I need a fresh supply. I need something to resolve this toxicity in my soul, and it's not going to be this love jug over here in my spouse that's feeding more of my toxicity. What's the greatest marriage on planet Earth? It's a husband and wife both connected to the true and only source of life and giving one another the overflow out of that Mm. knowing. And so to me, I keep going back to that couple. Again, I oftentimes feel like the world's worst counselor because if I'm still meeting with them in two years and we haven't gotten anywhere, I'm like, we, we maybe want to get a professional uh, involved <laughs> with this at this point because I'm not getting anywhere. But when that light bulb goes off and the, and the husband or the wife goes, I think I get it. I think I get it. He's not in charge of my love jug. He's not in charge of my heart. I'm going to unplug from him. I'm not going to look to him anymore because when, when you look to your spouse as the source of life, you look to them as the solution to all of the problems. Now you're stuck. You're waiting for them to change. When they change, then my love jug can be refreshed. And Mm. I always love to use this illustration because, you know, the goal is to be as full as possible with God's love each and every day. That's the goal. And again, we're all human. So there are days I leave the home and it's at a quarter of a tank or it's at a half or three quarters. The desire is as full as possible because I'm going to come across all these other love jugs all day that I'll be giving overflow to. Again, but what is codependence? Codependence is waiting for those love jugs to pour back into you. But I want to go out and be freed. I want to serve. I want to pour into them, honestly, with zero expectation for them to pour back into me. Can I give you one example on this to show you? (laughs) My wife, so we live in a tourist town. And she says, I don't know if you've noticed, but you really engage with tourists. Like you engage in great conversations. You're animated. You're because I am a relational guy. She goes, you love talking to him. When you see a church member, you're a little more reserved. Huh? She said, let's unpack that. And I'm going, okay, let's unpack that. (laughs) But why do I do that? Because that tourist, I'm able to serve them and there's no expectation coming back to me. Right. And they don't know you. And they don't know me. When you serve someone that's a love jug you're connected to, that you know often, it's like, I'm going to serve and pour into this person right now, and there's going to be expectation to do it again. It's interesting how expectation is tied to anger. That Talk how, about it. How we withdraw from people when we feel too much expectation. If you think about this in marriage, think about what would happen is if, if you get up in the morning and reach for your Bible instead of the phone, and you begin to fill your soul with the words and teachings of Jesus rather than the latest news cycle, because you want a full love jug. First person you're probably going to see, well, maybe in most homes, your kids. You'll be pouring into your kids, and they may not be pouring back into you. Then you're going to pour into your spouse. But think about going throughout your day, pouring into people with zero expectation of them coming back. Now, how do I get angry with a person that I don't have any expectation to get something in return? I think that's the true heart of serving. Right. I've come to, to serve, not be served. I think that removes the expectation. But what you get with the exhausted spouse 
now now exhaustion tied to um, expectation. Ted, I've been doing this for a year. I've been doing this for a year. I've been pouring into this man for a year, and I'm getting nothing back out of him. I don't know what to tell you other than to paint a beautiful picture of continue to serve. I really liked what Ted said there about serving your spouse with no expectations. And uh, Greg or Aaron, do you have an example of how maybe that has worked in your marriage? You know, we just returned from an international trip where we spoke for Focus. And I can tell you that my husband truly sacrificed in a way that meant the world to me. We were about five days into our international trip, exhausted, and he had room in his suitcase to bring his pillow. Are you serious? You took a whole a full pillow? Like an orthotic, yeah. special, wow. Tempur-Pedic it's pillow. The it's the key to any travel. We love our pillows, but I didn't, at the very last minute, my suitcase was too heavy, so I had to take mine out. And my neck had, from not having it, my neck had been kinked, and he literally looked at me and he said, I want you to have my pillow. And I was like, are you serious? You want me to take your pillow, your orthotic your pillow, special pillow that, that you, you brought with you? halfway around the world. <laughs> yes. And he gave it to me, not just one night, but every night after that. Wow. And I kept saying, are you sure you don't want your pillow? No, I want you to have it. And truly, it was such a sacrifice that it, my heart exploded. Mm. I mean, in good it was, ways. In, in good, good ways. ways. Yes. yes. I was just, I felt so loved and cared for. Yeah. And that is the power of when we do sacrifice from a place of good intention, from a place of an abundantly full heart, not from a place of emptiness and resentment, but from a from a good intent. I'm just thinking there is a couple where they've tried this. It doesn't work. Like, <laughs> hey, I want you to have my pillow. No, no, I, I couldn't. And, and, and there's almost a suspicion about what's the real motive here. Yeah, because so often we are giving, we are serving, we're helping with... An ulterior motive. We've got an agenda. Yeah. yeah. And even, and I'll be totally honest, it, it, at one point, um, I, there was an activity that I really wanted us to do on this international trip. And I remember thinking, and I'll remind her about the pillow. <laughs> hey, <laughs> so hon, you know, that, I've been letting you use my exactly. pillow. Yeah. So why don't we do this? Yeah. No, but I thought of that yeah. and then quickly went, okay, that's that's ridiculous. That's wrong. Because it, it's it's easy to jump in there. Look what I've done for you, and and, and I meant I gave her that pillow and yeah. in, now in what the are most you going to do for way. me? Right, and so I think it's just a matter of just ch- constantly checking our motives. Yeah. to go, am I really willing to give up something that I own and that I value? So the pillow, it was my pillow. I brought it, and I valued that thing because it's an awesome pillow. And then we give that to someone that we consider to be more valuable. Mm. And yet it's got to be done without the, and I will write that and down. And yeah. that just got me 25 points in my marriage. Yeah. So I'm now in the in the black. So if I mess up, or there's even been times to where she's gotten frustrated with me. So even on the trip, you know, we're tired, we're exhausted, and she's upset at something. And I'm in my mind like, okay, you remember I gave you the pillow, right? So that should. I'm that glad should he excuse, didn't say that out loud. That excuse because me. I would have thrown the pillow. <laughs> Where'd my pillow, pillow go? It's yeah. floating. Yeah, I don't know. You know that trash the can Auckland out there? Bay. That yeah. dumpster you see out the window? Hmm, maybe you should look there. Well, I'm glad we've been able to have this little session to surface the pillow issue. <laughs> I want to reach down here under the table, and we've got matching new pillows for the both Aww. of you. Hey. New suitcases to go along with them, so you can. 
cart those pillows along. Well, listen, Ted mentioned earlier uh, this great book, From Anger to Intimacy, that he wrote with Greg's dad, uh, Gary Smalley, and the influence it's had on his own marriage. And we want you to have that same positive benefit from this great resource. Uh, The book is available on our website. If you can, make a donation, a monthly pledge or a one-time gift today when you're at the website. And we'll say thanks by sending a complimentary copy of the book to you. Uh, It's a great resource, as I said, and uh, we'd love for you to have it. Uh, So please, make a donation today. We'll have the details in the episode notes. When you're online, be sure to take our free marriage assessment. And uh, when you do, we'll send a free pill. No, we won't. Uh, to <laughs> say, take our free marriage assessment, and uh, you'll find some great things about your own relationship, uh, strengths, and maybe some growth points. And uh, I, I think you'll find it worth the while. Well, next time, Chris and Cindy Beal describe how God saved their marriage. For now, on behalf of Greg, Aaron, and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.